Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and to our listeners on the radio. Today is our special Year in Review Insider where we look back at some of the most significant or interesting stories of the year. Joining me to take a look back at the news and events of 2021 is our Erie News Now anchor and reporter Ethan Kibbe. Uh, this is almost an impossible task because what a year it was, but we're going to go as quickly as we can to talk about some really major events. There's so much went on. I mean, we had such a struggle trying to pare this down to fit it into 30 minutes, but I think we've done a good job. Lots to look forward right. to. So let's start with COVID-19 because even with all else that happened, it's impossible to really see anything else as a bigger story than this because it really impacts every dimension of our lives. So although vaccines rolled out and we were all excited at the end of 2020, we started 2021 with most people wondering how and where do I get mine and when am I eligible? We took so many phone calls, had so many special programs here until uh, UPMC Hammett let's started a like 90 and down approach and that sort of started to work. And it was, it was that top down approach. Everybody wanted the vaccine and everybody was trying to click on their computers, refreshing pages if they knew how to use a computer. And so this really got complicated, but it started with absolute oldest people first and kind of worked our way down to broaden it out to the point we are today. Of course, all three hospital systems ultimately rolled out these mass vaccine clinics. Uh, and of course, the first one I think was you, uh, AHN St. Vincent at uh, Erie Insurance Arena, a huge event. Our Elspeth Meisner covered a lot of these mass vaccine clinics. Uh, so how encouraging was this? I mean, to see so many people step up and get their vaccine. This was the story of the day every day for what, about a month? Mm -hmm. It was just huge clinics day after day. We would try to find out where all of them were and we tried to bring that out to viewers because this was at the time we thought the light at the end of the tunnel. Who would have ever thought we'd be where we are right now? Of course, there were some uh, vac there was vaccine resistance in some pockets of the community, so big efforts were made to reach the minority community, uh, rural parts of Erie County. You were on those weekly briefings. We started to kind of go zip code by zip code to see where people needed vaccine. Yeah, and, and that was the big thing we were looking at, right? The disparity between certain zip codes, and now we're at a point where that's not necessarily a, a concern in terms of accessibility, but still a concern in terms of which zip codes are vaccinated and how many cases we're now seeing in those areas. Yeah, so the summer went along pretty well. Most of us taking our masks off, fairs and festivals in some cases resuming, case numbers lower and lower, but boy, once the school year started, even though most students were masking, although masking was an issue for some families, even went to court over masking, uh, cases started to surge again. Yeah, later in the year, uh, things would change, but that was the big topic going back to school. Think of all the rallies we had outside of schools with parents fighting against masks, and then we had the county order and eventually that state order requiring masks, but that literally was an ongoing battle up until days ago when the court threw it out. And then came booster shots, of course, later in the year when we started to learn how efficacious, uh, depending on which type of vaccine you got, how long it would last. And then the kid vaccines. And this was really interesting. I mean, some of the kids that we saw getting vaccinated were very grown up in their comments. They were so ready for this. I think felt left out watching the rest of the family get vaccinated. But Ethan, how sad is this pandemic scenario for these kids in their childhood? Well, can you imagine what this was like? And I've talked about this with my parents. It was always growing up, you'd read books. Mom and dad went off to work, except now you didn't. You know, mom and dad stayed home because they were working from home. Maybe you went off to school with a mask. You hadn't seen some of your friends faces fully in years. And so really, can you imagine growing up in a world where 
every day is put on a mask and try not to get a deadly virus. Yeah, kind of a fearful time for these little ones. So here we are at the end of 2021 and now cases, hospitalizations and deaths are really back to the original surge level. We're worried about hospital beds. We have a new variant. Your football team's got issues. <laughs> What's going on? Well, Lisa, let, let me throw the question back at you. Could you ever imagine we'd be at this point? You know, going into 2020 or going into 2021, cases were really, really high, but we thought there was light at the end of the tunnel, and yet, deja vu. In all my career of reporting, I have never seen anything like this. I usually think if I ask good questions, pay attention, I'll get good information. I can share that with viewers, but we've had good information we've shared with viewers, but the virus morphs, the information morphs. So we're learning constantly more about this, but we still are not out of the woods on this pandemic. Clearly not in Warren General Hospital. No beds, no medical beds, no ICU beds, no ICU beds in Crawford County. This is still a huge, huge problem. And I think it's fair to say at this point, we don't know where that light at the end of the tunnel is. One thing I will say, though, is here at Erie News Now, we will continue to do our best to learn what we can learn to present you the information that we learn. We've had some special programs, special call-ins. We're always working for you to try to get the answers. So all of this, of course, with COVID-19 has had a major impact on work, life, restaurants, hair salons, needs to upgrade ventilation systems in schools. We're going to take a look back at how we reported on spending American Rescue Plan funds coming to the rescue when we come back. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back. This is our year in review insider joining me to look back at the events and news of 2021. Erie News Now anchor and reporter and my friend Ethan Kibbe. So we had CARES Act funding coming in and it's a lot of money coming into Erie County uh, that was allocated pretty quickly. But you spent a lot of time reporting on how much American Rescue Plan funding is coming into Erie County and how it would be spent. So you did a big, long piece about this. What did you learn? Yeah, several. The, the spigot has been turned on and the money is flowing all over the country. And really, the answer is that everybody's coming up with different plans about how they want to spend this money. Erie County had their plan together pretty quickly. and We've talked about this at length, uh, kind of a unified front from the county. But Lisa, the city, really a different story. It was a long, long time before we knew what the city of Erie was going to do with the biggest chunk of its rescue plan money. Yeah, the city did appear to be behind. Then Mayor Schember hired a, a specialist to focus on this. But in the county, uh, by all accounts, even though there was certainly a lot of friction between the county executive and uh, the, the chair of council over the year, uh, boy, this was a, a process where all sides seemed to really agree on the best places to put the money. So uh, did they get it right? We can't answer that question, <laughs> and I don't think we're going to be able to answer that question for maybe decades because you've got to see really the effects of this money and just how it actually rolls out. But, but Lisa, this really was the one time where you could point to something and say that is bipartisanship at, is, at its best. The county moved through this quickly, had everybody on board quickly. It, it really was people, regardless of political differences, working together. Of course, at the national level, there was a battle over infrastructure funding, a battle that went on for weeks and weeks, not not just party to uh, party to opposing party, but within the same uh, 
political party. So right here we could have certainly given them some very good examples of aging infrastructure and you were involved in reporting on that. So a sinkhole open on Erie's east side. You took a trip into the sewer. What was that like? <laughs> there are people who would argue maybe that's where I belong. But uh, <laughs> no, it was, that sinkhole was all caused by a sewer caving in because Erie's infrastructure is really, really old. Those sewers you're looking at there, Lisa, 115 years old or so. They are really old and they're falling apart. That's dangerous. You might not see it, but it's right beneath your feet. And so this is a story yet to be told as to how this is going to be repaired and, and up, updated. Regardless of how it's done, it's going to cost a lot. And there is big time friction in the city right now trying to determine how to do this and where to get the money to do it. Maybe it ends up being that infrastructure bill, but maybe we'll talk about it a year from now in the, the 2022 year under insider. Yeah, there we go. And then for those of us who have lived here for a long time, sometimes conduit fires have happened in the underground electrical grid in the city. It happened when I was about to get married. My wedding gown was in a shop downtown. It got very smoky and I had to get another one. But normally those get fixed pretty quickly. Um, but in September, we had a big explosion and fire downtown about 10th and state focused there. And Anyway, that turned off the lights for some businesses for days and the repairs Ethan still underway getting close to done but because of the pandemic delays in terms of getting parts and equipment that they need this isn't going to be completely done done until spring it took forever to get down into this conduit and fix everything up but Lisa it's just it's ongoing every time you drive by. Yeah, I was downtown uh, last night, the night before we're taping this, and I saw people outside of Big Bar sort of just parking in the middle of 10th Street because they figure, why not? <laughs> no cars are coming, so you're safe, yeah. Unbelievable. Of course, making sure that power is up to snuff downtown is really important because of all the development that's going on there and the redevelopment. So we're going to turn to a couple of happier stories now. Uh, the updated UPMC Park opened this year after sports had been shut down. Uh, really an exciting thing to see. Our team was all there on opening day. How special was that to have live team coverage at a gorgeous ballpark? Lisa, you've been here for the life of that park. Have you ever seen it looking that nice? No, it is really beautiful. And the things that they added on, I think, were much, much needed. Um, some really great areas to sit at tables and have something to eat, a, a clubhouse, uh, really added food areas. It, it really is beautiful, a brand new shop for the Seawolves gear. So uh, it's it's just a terrific thing. And, you know, that's not only the the only good news coming out of the Seawolves. They won three awards here at the end of the year for their leadership and for this that thing you do, the wonders promotion. People just love that, and they got a lot of national attention. Yeah, an average year on the field, but behind the scenes, some really terrific work going on downtown, really making sure that the Seawolves stay a, a staple here in the Erie community. And also in the same neighborhood there when we're talking about Erie events, although the Warner renovation and expansion and restoration is a little bit behind schedule and the Philharmonic couldn't open there when they hoped in December, there were some exciting moments there. I mean, when do you see Daniel Meyer and the musicians in hard hats and vests giving a concert for the construction workers? One way, the uh, fanfare for the common man there to prove they really appreciate uh, what's going on there in that building to make it better for the future. That's such a special project. And Lisa, that's one you've got to talk about more because there's nobody more plugged into this than you are. And how incredible is that going to be when this finally gets done? 
Well, it certainly is an exciting project in Casey Wells. Um, at the Convention Center Authority really working to make it right. There's the construction workers smiling there. They've never had something like this before. And then, you know, here with Downtown Delights, the lights are back on in the Warner Marquee for the first time in decades. And although it's mostly brand new, Ethan, it really captures exactly the way it looked in the 1930s, except for those digital sides there, which are more modern, but they were able to incorporate the Tiffany glass into the corners, keep some of that history there while making it all new and LED and uh, bright and shiny. Casey Wells told me, you know what? I was going to leave the lights on for the weekend of Downtown Delights, but he said, I'm going to leave them on until the end of the year. <laughs> so it's really beautiful um, to drive by. And again, the theater expected to reopen with the project still uh, being completed, but in, in January. So, from some happy news to some pretty scary news, this year in politics began with a shocking attack on our nation's capital. There's so much to talk about surrounding our political divide nationally, statewide, and locally. We'll talk about those things when we come back. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back once again. It is our Insider Year in Review. Ethan Kibbe and I are looking back at the news and events of 2021 that we covered and our team covered. So after a volatile election season in 2020 that saw Joe Biden prevail over Donald Trump, Inauguration Day turned violent and tragic in Washington, D.C. You know, we were working our own stories here, kind of watching this rally in the Capitol. And then I remember looking up in the newsroom and saying, they, they went in, they went into the Capitol. I, I, it was shocking. It was one of those events where, honest to goodness, you do, you remember where you were because you saw it kind of build up and it didn't seem like all that much, okay, it's people protesting outside, but Lisa, it got to the point where everybody in the newsroom was just standing glued to the screen because you knew that you'd never seen something like this before and you almost couldn't believe it was happening really does not seem like something you would see in the United States. As we speak, I mean, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows now being held in contempt for not being willing to talk about things that he says are executive privilege. Of course, this all reached even into our area with some of the insurgents from Pennsylvania, one from Crawford County. Yeah, and, and so this is going to be an ongoing thing because these people are still being prosecuted. We'll, we'll end up seeing what what those uh, sentences end up being but this is something where people tried to overthrow the united states government it's unbelievable all right so here we take a look at afghanistan right after the president biden started his term the pullout of afghanistan was quick and ugly not well planned uh, a real disappointment that really resulted in some loss of life of some of our american soldiers um, as well as some of the Afghans that were just trying to get out for a, a safer, better life. And right here, we talked to folks from our area who were in the very first unit here that deployed, including Joe Bonacci. Uh, those guys got together for a reunion. Um, it was really sad for them to see after all the work they did in Afghanistan to protect people there, to free some cities, um, to see this happening. 20 years of work almost, and it feels like up in smoke. The question is, what should you have done? How could you do this? You can't stay there forever, but how do you get out delicately? I don't know, but 13 dead Americans and hundreds of dead Afghans. I don't think there's anybody who's considering this a, a success by any means. Yeah, and the work continues to try to get Afghans who want to get out out. So a story still being told. Uh, meantime, another international story that came to roost right here, the problem of migrant children jamming 
uh, the border area there. Of course, it came into focus when 144 of those migrant children, some young girls, were flown into a Summit Township dormitory. Uh, we kind of had the edge on this story. We knew about it. We captured it. We covered it for days. But these kids left almost as quickly as they came in, and the community reaction was interesting. Some fearful about it here, but most people just pouring in donation to help the kids that then soon weren't here. Hey, by the time the donation drive had started, the, the kids were gone. And Lisa, you used the royal we there delicately. That was you. You were on top of this story from the get-go. But I remember talking with you the night that we learned that the kids were going to be leaving. And it was like the old Colts leaving Baltimore. The vans back up in the middle of the night and suddenly everybody's gone without a trace and fascinating. You know, we reached out to Congressman Kelly's office to ask about this, and he didn't know that they were leaving as quickly as they came. So he started asking a lot of questions about what it was all about. We asked a lot of questions of the dorm owner. There were some concerns that it wasn't up to what the standards should have been for this type of facility. Uh, so that's a, a story where we asked a lot of questions. I'm not sure that we ever really got all the answers we were looking it's for. It's going to be a long time before we do, I think. Well, we have a divided politics right here as the race to succeed Erie County Executive Kathy Dahlkemper turned pretty tense between Tyler Titus and Brenton Davis. You and I, Ethan, had a chance to be part of one of the debates. We covered this campaign. Although the ads were appointed, the candidates behaved and uh, a Republican prevailed, something that doesn't often happen here in uh, Erie County county politics, uh, but it was all because Kathy Dahlkemper decided not to run again. So uh, the Davis administration getting underway. What do you think about the transition there? He's got a lot of uh, good people on that transition team. Yeah, the transition team. I, I think, Lisa, for, for anybody who's covered Erie County politics, there was concern when Davis won because he doesn't have experience in Erie County politics, but he put together a really experienced transition team. Uh, a couple of, of strong, experienced hires right now going into the uh, going into his administration. And now time will tell. Certainly we'll be paying attention to what goes on because that's our job. We're the watchdogs. And we asked some tough questions about uh, his vaccine status, our whole team part of that coverage. Um, you know, also some questions about the fact that he changed his mind about whether he was for or against the community college. But uh, nonetheless, he answered those questions. He may have changed his opinion about vaccines and community college, but uh, he was straight with us. And speaking of community college, even though uh, County Executive Kathy Dahlkemper's last term was consumed by the COVID worries here and her health department, uh, this was an accomplishment that, that she and County Council had long talked about. So the community college is open. Is it going to work? You're asking me questions I can't answer here, Lisa. <laughs> Again, we'll have to wait and see. Encouraging, though, that it's up and running and up and running quickly. And now time will tell whether this is a massive success or a multi-million dollar boondoggle. Certainly, there's a lot of people supporting it, and it is a work in progress, open at a couple of different locations. And so we'll see how that turns out, how many students get educated there, and what kind of jobs they find after that. Well, we certainly have a divide in state politics here, too. It was a rough year for the governor when he shut things down, people not happy with him. Senator Dan Laughlin thought that he might find the middle and run for governor, but in the end here, he decided he just could not raise the funds. So he recently said, I'm not going to run. Uh, announced who he was going to support, but right now Josh Shapiro on the Democratic side is unopposed. We'll have to wait and see on that one too, but the fact that a moderate Republican couldn't gain enough traction to get a campaign going tells you how this race is shaping up. It might be very ugly. All right, when we come back, the best of the rest of 2021, other stories making an impact. Stay with us.
Ethan Kibbe and I are continuing our look back at what it's been like to report the events and news of 2021. This year brought the anniversary, the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and I had the privilege of telling a story that we've never really told here before. Dr. Frank Foti sharing the loss of his younger brother Robert, a New York firefighter, in the collapse of the World Trade Center. Uh, he's been quiet. It's such a difficult thing to tell, but he was ready to tell the story along with his wife there sharing some artifacts telling us what a sad time it was. His other brother, uh, also a firefighter, could have been lost as well, but thankfully uh, just by timing wasn't there when the towers came down. And then our Eva Mastromatio taking us to Shanksville for so many more moving stories and national celebration there. Yeah, and um, certainly a somber day, uh, but so special to hear the, the stories of so many people in our community. You know, yes, this is hundreds of miles away in New York City, but it hits home here in Erie as well. It certainly does. And back here, our Haley Potter, I think her favorite story of the year was reporting on Johnny Heibel, a McDowell football player who had been injured. Here he is actually being able to walk out of Shriners Hospital, moving to Florida to continue her rehab. Uh, this story brought Haley to tears. I mean, we try to be composed, but sometimes it's not easy. That's a special story. Somebody with a traumatic brain injury, somebody so young, and just to see that progress, that is really, really wonderful and a testament to his character. And then the EDDC at last being able to show the community what it's been talking about and working on in a big way with the opening of flagship City Food Hall. I mean, I was there a couple times in the opening days. The response has been terrific. So packed, Lisa. I think we were there the night it opened to the public and just absolutely packed with people, positive, it's bright in there, it's just a happy atmosphere, a fun thing downtown. Yeah, and a chance for some new businesses to get going. All right, speaking of uh, new things, uh, the Hagen History Center had a brand new building that they finally got to open after COVID and they got to show off their mystery exhibit. Frank Lloyd Wright's San Francisco office is a big feather in the cap of George Deitch, who announced that he's actually retiring now. Well, going out with a bang, right? Accomplished exactly. so much, finally able to open this up after dealing with the pandemic. And Lisa, it's gorgeous there again. Something far more impressive than one might expect from a city this size. And then finally, we're going to go to nature, celebrating 100 years of Presque Isle State Park. We proudly produced an hour-long program involving just about all of our staff here. And we all learned a lot about the history of the park and its beauty and how it's both nature and man controlling nature to keep it there. Yeah, it's not all natural by any means, but it's so gorgeous that who cares that it needs a little bit of man-made work to make it look this way. And Lisa, you did a long piece on the history of the park. Even after 40 plus years in this job, how special is it to get to learn about something that's right next door? Yeah, really need to learn about it and to understand, you know, how much has been done to try to preserve it. You know, we all know about the break walls, but there were many efforts before that to keep those sands, those shifting sands from Washington away and kudos to our former uh, producer Alex Popacek for helping us put that all together. So your favorite uh, story or moment of 2021? Oh wow I mean probably all of these money stories it, it's not exciting and if I never see another spreadsheet I'll be happy but it's so so important and it could set our community up for the next 50 years. What about you? Well, um, I think it was probably the Frank Foti story. I mean, that was really an emotional and special story, and I felt privileged that he was willing to, t to talk to me. So we're just about out of time. We hope you've enjoyed our look back at 2021. Ethan will be continuing to monitor your money in the new year, and we'll be reporting on lots of stuff about COVID. We hope you'll always join us here on Erie News Now. Happy New Year.